You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everyone? Day three of the 2021 NFL Draft is in the books. The Philadelphia Eagles have made their picks and are at the podium with a presser that's locked, loaded, and ready for you. I am your host, Rachel Prevet. Today is Saturday, May 1st, and this podcast is brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Going into day three, the Eagles had eight picks, but they traded two of their picks in exchange for one day three pick from the Washington football team in the 2022 NFL Draft. So the Eagles receive a 2022 fifth round pick and Washington received a 2021 sixth round pick at number 225 and the 2021 seventh round pick at number 240. You'll get to hear from each one of the Eagles' six day three picks. Before the break, you'll hear from Texas Tech cornerback Zach McPherson, Memphis running back Kenneth Gainwell, and USC defensive tackle Marlon Tui Pelotu. And after the break, you'll hear from Coastal Carolina defensive end Teron Jackson, LSU linebacker Jacoby Stevens, Tulane linebacker Patrick Johnson, followed by Howie Roseman, Nick Seriani, and Andy Weidel. Here's what the Eagles' newest pieces and front office had to say. Hey, Zach, congratulations. Um, wanted to talk to you a little bit uh, about the pre-draft process. How much did you... Uh, have contact with the Eagles? Did you know this was coming? And for all the Eagles fans, can you give them kind of an outlook of what type of player you are? Yeah, so um, going through the process, um, I met with Coach DK and Coach Wilson um, through Zoom, you know, throughout my training. I met with them about once or twice. And then um, a few weeks ago, I had met with the team psychologist. So, I mean, I wouldn't say I, I knew it was coming or anything like that, but, you know, I'm just happy to be here, happy to be an Eagle. Um, and the type of player I am, I'm, I would I call myself a versatile player. Um, I'm not constrained to just one position. I definitely say I'm a savvy, athletic uh, defensive back um, who's, not, who's willing to tackle or make plays on the ball. Go ahead, Chris, and then Ed. Hey, welcome to Philadelphia. There are some projections that you had you going higher and you fell to the Eagles down here in this round, in the fourth round. How do you use that as motivation for this upcoming season in your career? Um, I'm just thankful to be here, but I mean, I'm definitely motivated no matter where I went. Um, I always got a chip on my shoulder. That's just the type of person I am. But, um, you know, that motivation, that stuff comes from within. So I don't need any type of stimulant. Um, I got it going inside me. So, yeah. Go ahead, Ed, and then Ruben Frank. Uh, hey, hey, Zach, congratulations. Um, you started your career at Penn State and transferred to Texas Tech. What led to that decision, and, and how did that help you grow as a player? 
Um, you know, leaving Penn State, it was uh, definitely a tough decision. I, I ended up graduating and just grad transferring out of there. Um, it was nothing, you know, within, but it was just something, you know, I wanted, I know I could play on a big stage. You know, I needed more film to get to this level that I'm here at now. So I decided to go to Texas Tech uh, when Coach Wells and his staff arrived there. And um, it turned out well for me. So. Did, did, it did, did it help you kind of grow as being maybe at one of the veteran guys down there at that point, uh, you know, taking some of the younger guys under your wing? Yeah, definitely. Because when I went down there, I was the older guy. So it definitely helped me grow as, um, you know, just in transition to be that older guy that the younger players lean on. I'm on and off the field. And I've definitely built my character. It was a different, different environment that I was in than Penn State. So. Go ahead, Rube, and then Martin. Hey, welcome to Philly. Um, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with the Eagles depth chart at cornerback, but there's not a lot of experience. Uh, it looks like there'll be playing time available uh, for, you know, to be to be one. What's your mindset as far as being ready to play this year as a rookie and coming in and contributing? Are, are you ready for that? Yes, sir. I'm ready for it. Um, I know that all starts, you know, you got to earn your stripes on special teams as well. Um, you know, I'm ready for any challenge that, that they're that there is, and I'm, I'm ready to just, you know, be an asset to the team on and off the field. And Martin and then Zach. Hey, Zach. Uh, welcome. Welcome to Philly. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, do you see yourself more as playing on the inside or, or outside? And, and like, how, how much does your athletic background with your family and everything kind of help you get ready for this level? Yeah, so... Um, like I said, I, I don't I don't really constrain myself to just uh one thing. You know, I take pride in being versatile um and being able to do multiple things on the field, uh, whether it's inside, outside, or even back at safety. Um so I find it as a, a positive trait, you know, that I'm open to use with this um program. Um and what was your second question? If you could repeat that one more time. Yeah, um your your family background, I mean, you come from a family of you know, college and, and pro athletes and stuff. How, how, how did that help you like get to that, get to this point? Yeah, definitely having um, a lot of brothers and even my parents who, you know, played at the professional level um, has helped me um, just being the youngest sibling and, and, you know, absorbing all the information they got and, you know, being there and, and learning from them um, has definitely helped me. And, and I would definitely say leaning on my brothers who have been at the, played at the big stage too. They, they have a lot of um, information and a lot of tips and, and keys that have helped me along my journey. Go ahead, Zach, and then Bo. Hey, first off, um, the pronunciation of your name, is it Zach or is it Zach? Zach. Zach, okay. Uh, Zach, so um, as a follow-up on the family question, uh, I guess what was it like growing up with, with all those top athletes as older siblings? It was, it was fun. Uh, me being the youngest boy, it, it wasn't so fun all the time. You know, I was trying to hang with the big guys and it didn't work out too well. But growing up with all these older siblings and, and being a, in a house full of athletes, man, it, it can get real competitive and competitive and everything. So I really enjoyed who's, it. Uh, who's the best athlete in the family? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to say me. Go ahead, Bo, and then Les. Uh, Zach, first of all, who had the uh, the LaShawn McCoy jersey on hand? Well, I had that since college, um, but that was my jersey. It was just in my closet for a while, but yeah. Okay, uh, and then just give us a give us a sense of the 
scene there, uh, who's who's with you? And, uh, you know, as you sort of think about this and it, it settles in, like who are the people that you think about after, uh, you know, getting to, to make it this far? Yeah, right now it's really uh, my immediate family. Uh, we're just in the house enjoying one another, enjoying each other's presence. And we haven't seen each other in a, a few years. We haven't been all one area in a few years. Everybody's spread out across the country. But, you know, having everybody in, in one area and fellowshipping with one another, it's a great feeling. And then did you have balloons for all 32 teams? My mom did. Yeah. That's good. That's smart planning. Yeah. We'll go to Les and then Ed Benkin. Hey, Zach, congratulations. Uh, I want. I was actually going to ask about the jersey too, but Bo bit, beat me to it. I did want to ask about coverage. Uh, you, you say you don't want to be constrained to one thing, and you're versatile. Uh, have you played more zone or man in your college career? And do you think you're better at one or the other? Yeah, definitely. Uh, both school. I mean, I played both. Um, you know, I like them both. Uh, whatever a coach brings in a call, I'm, I'm fine with with either or. Um, that's just. The nature of the game and you know being in big 12 is a lot of men and so i'm fine with anything okay thank you we'll take one more here with ed hi zach uh honest answer who's better at x's and o's with the parents the mom or the dad <laughs> i'm gonna give it to my dad <laughs> would, would your mom have a pretty good argument with that with her experience in the women's pro league nah she gonna she gonna save my dad as well she, she she fell off from the from the sports side a few years ago when she had all these kids. Hey, congratulations! Uh, do you prefer to be called Kenneth, Kenny, Ken? Uh, Kenny. Kenny. Okay. Uh, well, congratulations, man. Uh, what was your contact like with the Eagles during the pre-draft process? And, and do you have any idea how they're planning on using you in their offense? Uh, the contact was real good. I talked to them couple times um, and I'm planning on them using me as as much as they can offense uh, special team wherever they need me and I'm gonna be ready for it all so wherever they need me on the field I'll be ready. Go ahead John and then Rob Motti. Hey Kenny uh, congratulations um, Yazoo City's kind of famous up here because of Fletcher Cox who was your cousin um, has he contacted you yet? Said welcome to the Eagles. Yeah, uh, no, nah, he haven't contacted me yet, but I know the call is on the way. But yeah, we're excited about it. Go ahead, Rob, and then Martin. Hey, Kenny, congratulations. Uh, I know you opted out last year and you had a, a lot of family uh, go through COVID and, and some deaths. What was that decision like for you? How tough was it? Because it was only, I think, about a week before you were getting ready to play. So uh, what did you do throughout 2020? Um, I basically just started training. Uh, so basically the next week after I opted out, I started training. I've been working out ever since. So it's been basically six months for me working out straight nonstop. So I've been just putting in the work, just staying down, making sure I stay healthy throughout this process. Go ahead, Martin, and then Les. Hey, Kenny. Uh, welcome to Philadelphia. First of all, what, what's it what's it like in Yazoo City with you know Fletcher Cox? Like, how how big of a hero is he down there? And and also, um, 
you played the one season at Memphis, um, really only like one full season. Um, how much do you think that helped you kind of get ready for this, you know, this moment? Um, the city is, I say the city is very excited about me and Fletcher, and Fletcher and all, but, you know, I mean, they just excited about us. They excited that we, you know, play ball and, and now we playing for each other and playing with each other on the same team. So they're going to be even more excitement. And that just that one year, Coach Novell taught me a lot. And I get all across to Coach Novell because um, coming in young, playing young, and, you know, had to learn the playbook as fast as I can. I mean, I kind of did what I had to do. So I kind of put in that work and made sure I stay on top of, um, top of what I had to do. So that kind of gave me the upper hand of everybody. Les and then John Clark. Hey, Kenny. Uh, congratulations. Uh, with Fletcher, um, he's a good bit older than you. Did you know him very well when you were growing up? Uh, I know you said uh, on a podcast that he was big into hunting and fishing as you are as well, but yeah. were, you, were you guys close growing up? Did you Were you around him very much? No, nah, uh, so he stayed in Yazoo City. I was I stayed in Ben, so, but it's all in Yazoo. But, mm -hmm. um, I mean, he was kind of older than me, so he was already in college once so I went to high school and got a chance to play. So, I mean, I kind of talked to him on the phone a lot, like just watched him. But he was already mm -hmm. in college when, when it was time for me to grow up and do all that. Is he the reason you were an Eagles fan growing up? Um, nah, I, I liked Mike Vick when I was growing up. I liked the Dunn McNabb and all those guys. Just growing up, I would just like the Eagles. I see. Even before Fletcher got there. Yeah, even before Fletcher got there. All right. Thank you. Thank Go ahead, John and then Brandon. Hey, Kenny, uh, I, I know how you uh, said recently that the bell cow running back or the big back is almost mm -hmm. kind of a thing of the past. Where did you start to get it in your mind that catching the ball out of the backfield was going to be a huge thing for you? Um, I really just, I played, I played quarterback and, you know, when I went to Kansas, I played receiver, but I always has the good hands. So just being utilized like that and because Novell's system, it just it just put me more experience out there. So I got an opportunity, you know, to, to catch as many balls as I can. But I mean, the bell cow kind of running back. I mean, that's what comes within, you know. Uh, I feel like I can I can carry a load with being a, a guy that can carry a, a heavy load, and it's just it's all from the heart. So, being an Eagles fan, is there any Eagles running back of the past that you watch that you kind of say? I could be like him or, or that you pattern your pattern your game after? Uh, I kind of, growing up, I mean, I used to love Derrick Strokes. That's, that's my my favorite, favorite running back. And, I mean, he kind of put the inspiration on me, you know, short guys, fast guys, you know, that's, that's what they use. So, I mean, kind of they kind of motivate me. Thank you. Brandon and then Ed Kratz. Uh, hey, Kenny, congratulations. Just wanted to ask you uh, if you remember this video clip that's been going around since you got drafted on Twitter of you putting a really big chip on Micah Parsons, who's obviously now in your division that you're playing in. Uh, do you remember that play? And is that part of your game you really take pride in? Yeah, for sure. Um, that was this whole game that we played, it was, we had chip blocks. So, I mean, I was just kind of catching, trying to catch everybody that came off the edge. It was 
giving me a free way of giving them a chip. So, I mean, I took advantage of that chip and it is what it is, but I'm gonna get to whoever else come off the edge and, you know, I'm gonna give them that chip and I'm gonna let them feel me. Ed and then Bo. Hey, Kenny, congratulations. Um, you know, I, I looked at your production in 2019 and, uh, you know, really tremendous production. So I'm kind of surprised you're still sitting there in the fifth round. Uh, how about you? Were you surprised that, you know, you're still hanging on the board there this late? Yeah, I was surprised, but, you know, I'm happy now. You know, I'm happy y'all got me. I'm happy I'm, I'm an Eagles. I mean, that, that really don't matter. It's time to work. It's time to put in the work. So, I mean, getting drafted first, getting drafted in the fifth. I mean, it really don't matter about all that. I'm ready to ball for whoever drafted. Eagles. Bo and then Zach. Uh, Kenny, two quick ones. First of all, congratulations. Uh, I know you were a quarterback. How's your arm? Oh, real good. Yeah, you can hopefully, throw it. Hopefully, you get, hopefully, Eagles fan get a chance to see that. Yeah, hopefully, it come okay. up. Okay, that's good. And then uh, I know your brother is a running back too, and uh, he went to Memphis as well. How are you guys different as running backs? And what was uh, you know, what was that like growing up? Did you guys, you know, compete at, at all, all different stuff, uh, you know, outside? Yeah, so I'm basically kind of like a straight line guy. So I kind of, I'm kind of just a guy to catch the ball or run the ball and get straight up field. He's the kind of guy, he'll give you some moves and still get that extra yard. And just growing up, we kind of just, we kind of just competed against each other. It was only me, him, and my older brother, always in the yard, just, you know, throwing the ball to each other, going one-on-ones every day. Thank you. Go ahead, Zach. Hey, Kenny, uh, you, you spoke before about being in a shared backfield. What did you learn working with Antonio Gibson? How did you guys complement each other? And seeing his success last year in the, in the NFL, what did that make you think? Uh, that made me think that it's going to be a great one. Um, but you know, just just him being right there, helping me out, and, um, him coming in like late in the end of the season, helping me out. I mean, it kind of, kind of helped, but it's great. All right, we'll take one more here with Dave Zangaro. Kenny, are there players in the NFL you kind of model your game after, or you kind of compare yourself to as a play style? Not at all. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rare breed. I'm a different one. Hey, Marlon, welcome to Philly. Uh, your cousin Talanoa was drafted today, and now you were selected by the Eagles. I mean, what does it feel like? What does it feel like for your family? And have you talked to him since uh, since you were drafted? Yeah. Nah, yeah. Once I seen uh, T uh, Talano get drafted, I was I, I texted him right away and gave my congrats to him and his family because he's up in Oregon. I'm out here in LA, but excited for him and his opportunity. And then I'm excited to be Eagle. Had John and Ed Kratz. Hey, Marlon. Uh, congratulations. Uh, welcome to Philadelphia. Curious how much contact you had with the Eagles in the pre-draft process and how much interest they showed in. Yeah, I talked to them a, a, a few times. Uh, met them at the Senior Bowl. I spoke with them there and uh, talked to them on the phone uh, with the position uh, with the D-line coach and then uh, spoke with their scouts too. So I was in contact with them a lot. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Ed, and then Rob Motti. Hey, Marlon, congratulations. Um, 
How much do you know about the Eagles, uh, their roster, and the guys up front? Uh, and how excited are you to kind of get your career started here? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's funny. Uh, my my oldest brother, he's a big Eagles fan. So every Sunday when he's watching the NFL, like he's always talking about his Eagles and uh, just understanding them as a as a D line. They have a pretty experienced uh, and very talented D line with uh, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and uh, Javon Hargrave. So I'm just excited to go th go up there and uh, learn from those guys. Pretty much. Hey Marlon, what were your expectations coming into the draft? Where where did you see yourself going, and what are you, what do you consider to be your biggest strengths? What can uh, Philly expect out of you? Yeah, I mean, you always want to uh, hold high expectations for yourself, but whatever happens, happens. You can control what you can't control. So excited to be an Eagle, um, and I feel like I could bring. Uh, depth to the Eagles uh, defensive line, and then I'm I'm a solid run defender. Uh, I got strong hands. I'm violent, and uh, and uh, excited just to learn from those other guys too. So just to get my game better, pretty much. We'll go to Zach and then Bo. Hey Marlon, uh, you've been starting now for a few years, but you really seem to come on this past year. Uh, what was the reason for that? Um, just uh. Just uh, continuing to stay dedicated during quarantine. I know this was a crazy year, this uh, this past year, 2020. Um, so just trying to stay uh, consistent with my training and things like that. Just so once the season did happen, I was I was ready. So uh, that's where I felt like I took that next step, and then just continuing to get better with my uh, with the with USC and then my coaches as well. And what made you want to leave early? Uh, I don't know. I just felt like it was a a decision that me and my that I had with myself, spoke with the coaches, and then primarily spoke with my family. And we believe that that was the best thing to do. We'll go to Bo and then Les. Hey, Marlon, congratulations. Um, is it true you didn't start playing football until high school? And uh, if so, what, what what kind of sports did you play growing up? Yeah, so um, growing up, I played like, uh, like just go to the park and play football and, and, uh, and basketball and things like that. But didn't start competitively, competitively playing football uh, until my freshman year, um, and then started uh, wrestling in high school as well. So, those were the main two sports I was I was doing in high school. Thank you. Last and then Ruben Frank. Hey Marlon, uh, I was looking at uh, draft reports, and a lot of people thought you'd go a couple rounds sooner. Uh, why do you think that didn't happen? And there was something about you know the teams had medical concerns or something. What what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I guess everything happens for a reason. I'm excited to be an Eagle. I mean, I can only control what I can control. And uh, just blessed, uh, blessed and thankful for the Eagles for giving me that opportunity. So I'm just excited to get up there and, and get to work. Was there a medical issue that teams asked you about? Um, yeah, that's something I like just try to keep to my, uh, keep uh, in private if that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Go ahead, Rube. Hey, Marlon, welcome to Philadelphia. Um, I wanted to ask you about the Senior Bowl experience and, and how big an opportunity you felt that was to kind of put yourself on the map and, and go up against some of the better guys in the country and how much you think you helped yourself with that performance. Yeah, um, I was uh, blessed to get, get the invitation. So I just wanted to go up there and be a sponge with the NFL uh, team, just trying to see what it was like to get coached by an NFL uh, football team and then just trying to go out there and, and, and uh, show my strengths and uh, 
prove that I can't compete with these uh with the best seniors in the country. So and I felt like I did well. So just trying to continue to keep working and, and put my head down and, and try to get better. We'll go to Martin and then Ed Kress. Hey Marlon. Uh sorry if you might have been asked asked this a little earlier, but coming in along with Milton Williams, you know, another defensive tackle, you know, with, with Fletch and, and Javon Hargrave um, already established. I mean, what's it like to kind of come in and, and learn from those guys and then, you know, maybe be able to take over as soon as next year or the year after? Yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, you don't get coached by, uh, you don't like come into a, a thing like this where you have Fletcher Cox as your nose tackle and Javon Hargrave as your three technique. So I'll be excited just to, to learn from those guys and, and uh, continue to better my game. Hey, Marlon, I just wanted to follow up on the wrestling question. I'm always interested in that. Um, what sure. kind of wrestler were you and what, what did that teach you about playing the uh, defensive line? Yeah, um, it teaches a lot of things, just how to use your hands, how to use uh, – like use the body to your advantage uh, when you're wrestling another person and then leverage things like that. So it definitely helped me with football. Um, honestly, that was, that was the main reason why I did want to uh, wrestle was just to, um, to, to get better at football because I would have played basketball if I didn't do wrestling. Do you know who Gable Stevenson is? Yes, sir. I know who he is. Okay. Pretty good wrestler, huh? For sure. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. 
Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Hey, Teron, congratulations. Um, Thank you. Yeah, just uh, it's not every day someone from Coastal Carolina makes it into the NFL. Uh, must be pretty excited about that. Could you just give us a little backstory on how you ended up at uh, Coastal Carolina? Yes, sir. So um, coming out of high school, uh, I actually didn't get a lot of uh, publicity and stuff from a lot of college schools. But, man, when I came to Coastal, man, I really loved it. Um, you know, going into my senior year, they offered me. Uh, when I came on a visit, I just fell in love with it, man, the culture. Um, the brotherhood that they had there. Um, and then, you know, the fact that they was transitioning uh, the year that I came in from Division One AA to Division One A, I felt like it really was a great opportunity for me to come somewhere and, you know, leave a legacy. Dave and then Chris Franklin. Teron, for, uh, for Eagles fans who haven't had the chance to watch you play, how would you describe your pass rush style? Uh, I would say relentless. Uh, I'm the guy that's trying to come off the ball hard as he can. Uh, trying to be violent with my hands. Um, you know, every year I've tried to improve on my bend. So uh, trying to uh, bend around the corner instead of, you know, rounding it. Um, so I would definitely have to describe my passion's game as uh, relentless. Go ahead, Chris, and then Bo. Hey, Teron. Uh, how's it feel? I mean, you made a promise to your brother back when he was nine, and unfortunately he passed. How's it feel to be able to go ahead and fulfill that promise that you would make the draft to? That, that you're able to fulfill that promise that you make the draft be drafted? Oh, man, like, I can't even describe it into words, man. Uh, it's been a long couple of years. Um, you know, this is definitely a blessing. Um, you know, and my brother was just one piece to the, to the puzzle. Uh, my uncle, he actually passed before the season. And uh, the crazy part is, is his favorite team was the Eagles, man. And, you know, I'm kind of getting emotional now. But, you know, um, getting drafted to the Eagles, man, it, it means a lot to me. Go ahead, Bo, and then Zach Berman. Hey, Teron, congratulations. Um, just paint the paint the picture, paint the scene for us about what this weekend was like for you, who was with you, who, who was watching with you, and, and what it was like when you got the call. Okay, so yeah, um, I, I actually rented out a, a room uh, back home, so I had pretty much all of my first cousins and family around me, man. So, uh, you know, we were just fellowshipping and everything, man, just uh, talking about, you know, some of the past stuff, how I grew up and, you know, all the stuff like that, man. And uh, we had we had the, the draft projected on the screen. Uh, and when I got called, man, you can just see the excitement flow through the room, uh, especially uh, a lot of people that, you know, helped me get to this point. Um, you know, tears in their eyes, smiling, you know, it, um, real joy. So um, it was a blessing, man. I'm just trying to soak the moment up right now. And then uh, how was your basketball game? I know you were a basketball player. Uh, my basketball game, it, it was okay, man. Uh, I was a more of a, you know, rebounder, physical guy, you know, get a drop step. Um, I, I was, I went to a smaller school, so uh, I was a power forward uh, slash center. Thank you. Go ahead, Zach, and then John McMullen. Hey, Teron, if, if you're comfortable speaking about your brother, um, I, I saw that's why you wear number nine. Uh, what role did that have in your life, or I guess what effect did that have in your life when he passed away? Um, it had a it had a huge role in my life, man. Uh, football was always something that kind of kept me and my brother together, man. So growing up, uh, we used to always be outside, man. No shoes on, no socks on, running and playing together outside playing football, man. So um, it was always something that connected us, man. And even now when I play, man, um, it's kind of always in remembrance of him. Go ahead, Bo and then Zach. 
John and Bob Grotz. Hey, hey John. Um, curious if teams talk to you. Uh, versatility is a big thing in the NFL. Obviously, you had a lot of success on the edge. People look at your body and say maybe you could be a three technique as well. Uh, if you gain a little weight, do people kind of talk to you about that? Um, uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but, um, you know, going through the process, I've had, I've definitely had teams, uh, you know, asking me about whether or not I felt playing, uh, comfortable at deep, playing D-tackle. Uh, you know, my response has been kind of the same. Uh, I know I can play, uh, D-tackle if I work at it. Uh, you know, gaining weight or losing weight has never really been a problem for me. Um, you know, we, we're going to discuss how, you know, the Eagles want to use me, but, you know, however, wanna, however they want to use me, man, I'm all for it. Uh, you know, I'm going to work at it and I'm, I'm, I'm positive that I'm going to be successful. Go ahead, Bob, and then Tim McManus. Yeah, hey, congratulations. And um, you guys played uh, uh, Zach Wilson and did a pretty good job against him this year. Could you talk about that? You put a lot of pressure on him, and uh, and I guess that, that was pretty much his only really bad game. Yes, sir. So, um, you know, going into that game, we probably had about two or three days to prepare. So, you know, that was kind of a, a, um, a very different game, man. So, you know, we had to get a lot of film in. Um, you know, but I think that game, man, everybody we really had a chip on our shoulder. Uh, we felt like nobody really believed in us, man. So we just, you know, kind of went back to what we knew, man. And, um, you know, you kind of see the results, you know. Um, going into that game, we knew um, that, that we could compete with those guys. Uh, you know, we, we put the same amount of work in, um, you know, so we were very confident. Uh, you know, we get went in, our defensive coordinators, they had a great game plan for us. So, you know, we just, we just executed. Tim and then Martin Frank. Ron, I'm sorry to hear about the passing of your uncle as well. Um, if I may ask you, how did he become a, an Eagles fan? And, you, you know, did you talk about the prospects of being drafted by by this team uh, with him? And, and what do you make of the fact that you did? Um, yes, sir. So um, he, he was an Eagles fan uh, since he was very young, man. You know, he was always uh, talking about it, man. Because growing up, I used to be a big uh, Tom Brady, Randy Moss fan. So, you know, he was always, you know, talking stuff. But um, the Eagles was always his favorite team, man. Um, you know, and then right before he passed, you know, um, going through this process, it was his dream also to, you know, see me make it to the NFL. Um, you know, he's always telling me, man, I really hope you go to my Eagles. Um, you know, and, and the opportunity for me to do this now, man, you know, it, it really, it really feels good. Go ahead, Martin. So, uh, Teron, if, if your your uncle was, in fact, uh, an Eagles fan and you were a Tom Brady fan, were, were you watching the uh, Super Bowl like three years ago with him together? And, you know, obviously now you're going to be playing with like Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett, who had a pretty big hand in that. Um, you know, what, what's that going to be like for you? Oh, man, it's going to be great, man. Um, you know, I'm not too much. Uh, thinking about that, man. You know, those are great. It's a great D-line room, man. I can't wait to get in there and compete with those guys, man. Um, you know, I always felt like iron sharp as iron. So for me to have the opportunity to go in there and, and work with some of the, you know, best D-linemen in the league, man, it's, it's a blessing. Hey, Jacoby, welcome to Philadelphia. Uh, I was going to ask you a football question, but based on that smile, I got to ask the most obvious question. How excited are you to uh, hear your name called? What was it like for you? And uh, what do you think of coming to Philadelphia? Um. It it was it was a dream come true. Um, you know, I was actually I was sitting uh, sitting down. I was talking with my trainer, and um, we were just kind of talking about the thing. You know, the moves are being made, and uh, you know, we saw Philly's pick come up, and 
you know, my phone started ringing. I saw the area code and I was like, man, I said, you know, this might be it. And uh, he was so happy. He walked off. And um, literally, as soon as I got off the phone, um, tears just, uh, you know, tears just came out of my eyes. And, you know, I'm just really excited. It's a dream come true. Um, you know, I'm able to come to Philly and, and, and play in front of some, you know, some really uh, loyal and really, uh, you know, really good fans, supportive fans. So I, I'm, I'm ready for it. You know, I'm ready to, uh, you know, tackle and, you know, contribute uh, any way that I can. Go ahead, Ed, and then Les. Hi, hey, Jacoby. Congratulations. Um, I just see that they have a linebacker listed under your name there. Um, you know, linebacker safety. Do you have a preference which you play? Uh, have you played much linebacker? Uh, I don't. Honestly, I don't have a preference. Um, you know, it, you know. At the end of the day, I, you know, my thing is, is is about coming in and being able to contribute any way possible. Um, so you know, if they have me come in and they want me to play a linebacker or they want me to play safety, regardless of what position they want me to play. My job now is to contribute to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, defense. Um, so, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. And, uh, you know, you know, for, you know, to, you know, what they label me as or, you know, or where they see me playing, you know, that's um, that's my coaches and that's the, uh, you know, the uh, front office's job. And, you know, for me, it's just to come in and, and, and do uh, the tasks that they give me. Go ahead, lesson and Bo. Yeah, continuing on that team, well, one thing real quickly, the C is capitalized, right, in Jacoby? Yes, sir. Okay, want to make sure I had that. All right. Oh, yeah. So on the on the where you're going to play the linebacker part, uh, how do you see that? I mean, I know you said you'd do whatever, but how do you think that's a good role for you if they make you kind of a hybrid linebacker? There are a lot of those kind of guys in the mm -hmm. league now. Have you thought about that a lot? I mean, I, I think that's um, – I mean, that's what I really did at LSU. Uh, you know, I, I really did some of that at LSU. I just had the safety title. Um, you know, I just – I have a, you know, you know, before the – you know, at LSU and before the draft process, I always have a, you know, a theory where, you know, football is becoming like, kind of like basketball in a sense where it's becoming positionless, mm -hmm. where it's all about matchups. It's all about getting this guy on another guy. And so now defenses are getting guys that can do just about a little bit of everything. And uh, it's, it's kind of getting to the point now to where all these guys are playing these different positions. You don't know what to call them. So, um, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't get into the, you know, the label um, at, at the end of the day, you know, the Eagles organization. And, and you know, hopefully when I come to uh, Philadelphia, the fans just know that I'm a football player. I love football. So, you know, I, I can, you know, you can, you know, label me as a D tackle, but at the end of the day, I'm on the football field, on the football field, hopefully making plays. <laughs> Thank you. Go ahead, Bo, and then Zach. Uh, hey, Jacoby, we see the, uh, you know, the, the thing behind you. you. And you said you're with the trainer. Are you at, like, the LSU facility? Is that where you are? Well, I'm at the LSU facility. I'm actually in a facility uh, in Covington, Louisiana. I'm at Limitless Performance. Uh, that's where I've been training for the combine, uh, the, I'm sorry, the pro days. And uh, so, I, you know, I just decided to have my friends and family uh, here uh, to watch the draft uh, with me. Um, you know, this is, you know, this is where all the hard work uh, was at for three months. And, um, you know, I, I felt like it was right to be able to, uh, you know, reap what I sold here.
And then if I can ask you one more question about the, uh, you know, the linebacker safety thing. So have you talked to, have you talked to Nick Rallis, the linebackers coach? Is that uh, the person you've been interacting with? Yes, sir. So that, uh, that, that's who I, that's who I've done my uh, Zooms with. Um, you know, we, you know, we did some, you know, we watched some film and, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, he, um, uh, this basically kind of picked my brain on, uh, uh, my football IQ. Um, you know, he really never just, you know, we never just watched film and he was like, tell me what the wheel does. And that's it. He, he wanted me to see, he wanted to see if I knew the entire defense and how I, how I learned and stuff like that. So I think, um, that was just an interesting approach that he took, but, um, yes, that, but my, but my Zooms was with, was with coach Nick. Thank you. Zach and then Ruben Frank. And Jacoby, if I can fire two questions at you. Uh, first is, is there a hybrid player that you see in the NFL who you think is most comparable to the way you play? And then if I can ask you about a new teammate of yours, what's it like to try to cover Devontae Smith or be in the secondary against Devontae Smith? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to answer the second one because that's the easiest one. I'm glad he's on my team. Um <laughs> I'm glad that I have to uh, try to go against him in practice, and that's not so much as public as the game, because um, he's somebody like I like I said in Zooms when they asked me who's the hardest person that I've covered in 2020 or, or the defender 2020, and that was Devontae Smith hands down. Uh, just simple because he can run every route. Um, you know, uh, he makes every route look look the same, and he's and you know we we hear it often he's a quarterback at receiver. Uh, when you know when he's crossing when he's running the crossing routes at Alabama. He knows the holes and the gaps in the zone. And believe it or not, a lot of receivers don't know that. Uh, so he knows when to sit down or he knows when to uh, idle his speed back to uh, to appear open uh, for his quarterback. So I, I'm I'm happy that uh, Devontae Smith is on, on my team. Uh, that's one less guy that I have to worry about uh, covering in, in the game, uh, in a sense, in this draft class. Um, and, uh, you know, the first question, somebody that I, you know, that I uh, like looking at, uh, you know, um, you know, of course, you have to, you know, the really and truly the first guy is, is Duran James. Uh, that's kind of more of a, a safety linebacker uh, type deal with him. And, and he and he's really good at that. Um, a lot of guys that, you know, a lot of guys don't give him credit over uh, in Arizona. But uh, Buda Baker, uh, somebody that he covers, he he tackles, he blitzes. Um, you know, I, you know, I think he's a very underrated guy. Uh, I don't think he gets a lot of credit that he deserves. And another guy that, um that I think that's really, really good. Come, it comes out of LSU is Jamal Adams. Um, like I said, he came in as a, you know, all these guys are listed as safety, but if you go into their organization, you see that, you know, they do everything. You know, sometimes they're, they, they may be with the linebackers because this week they're they're in the box and they're taking on tackles or they're taking on guards and stuff like that. So guys like Jamal Adams, you know, come in and, you know, he gets, you know, he breaks the DB sack record. So, uh, guys like that is, you know, who I watched uh, at uh, when I was at LSU, and I plan on watching now. I mean, uh, now uh, uh, going, uh, you know, going on, on in my career. You never, you know, you never get too good to watch film on other guys because there's always something to learn. Go ahead, Ruben and John McMullen. Hey, welcome to Philadelphia. Um, you know, two years ago was such a dream season for you guys, and like, everything went right for you as a team and for you individually. Um, how challenging was this past season with everything that went on? Uh, you know, obviously it was it was much much different. How, how challenging was it for you to uh, to kind of deal with everything that was happening? And you know, a lot was made of your your role changing. And I mean, you were in the conversation to be a you know a first or second round pick at one point. 
And obviously what happened with, with the season um, changed that. How, how tough was all that to deal with? Oh, um, I mean, the, the stuff with, you know, the, the draft and all that, you know, that, 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 that comes with it. But, the, you know, the, the one thing that, um, you know, you, you don't go into a season wanting to uh, just uh, break 500. You know, you don't want to go, you don't go into a season with the goal of just ha- uh, being five and five. So I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys and say that, you know, that I was excited or I was happy with how the season went last year. Um, you know, but I, but I am going to sit here and tell you guys that I'm excited on how we finished, how we, we, uh, we responded to adversity, how um, our young guys stepped up. Uh, you know, I'm the first one to say that some of these guys, these the young guys at LSU were putting, they were put in, uh, they were put in, in a, a rough, you know, situation coming in. You know, they're, they're, these are 17, 18 year old guys uh, that are asked to play a, a 100% SEC schedule with little to none uh, off season with all new coaches and they're really just thrown into the fire. So I have the utmost respect for those guys. And I'm really proud to, I was really proud to see how those guys, um, how they grew up and matured. And um, I'm, I'm really excited for them. And I, and I think that they are going to really benefit uh, from that. All right, we have time for a couple more. So we'll go John, Martin and Rob. Hey, Jacoby. Uh... I've got, talking about LSU, um, LSU players tend to be uh, very prideful of, of their time at Baton Rouge. We just had Jalen Mills here for five years. I was I was curious if you built a relationship with him and uh, if you learned anything about coming to the NFL from him. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Jalen, he always came back to uh, LSU and he always talked and he always uh, spoke his mind. Um, you know, there's countless things that, you know, that you, you, easily learn from those guys that come back. Um, and, you know, he, you know, he, he's given us speeches and he's, you know, he's, he's told us things that he's, um, that he's seen, uh, when he was, uh, while he was in Philly, all, like, like you said, all those guys that keep touch with LSU. I mean, I, I remember, uh, Jalen, he, Jalen came back and, um, I, I want to say it was my sophomore year and, um we, we we were we were good we were new year 16 but Jalen basically pointed out things that we didn't even think about uh about how we carried ourselves and how all that's how all that stuff um uh, how all that stuff has something to do with on the field I mean he he talked about us parking parking in handicap and or parking or parking where we're not supposed to be and how really and truly all those little things can carry on to the field and um, you know, things like that is, you know, what stuck out to me when Jalen always came back. Cause of course he taught us technique. He taught us things that he's learning in the NFL, but it was little things like that, that could separate you not only as a person, as a, a guy on the field, but as a person off the field. Go ahead, Martin and then Rob. Hey, Jacoby. Um, I saw like you were, you came out of high school as a, as a wide receiver and you played at LSU as a freshman there. Like, what led to the transformation to defense and, and how were you about doing that? Was that something you wanted to do or did the coaches kind of bring that up? Right. I mean, so in high school, I played just about everything. I played receiver, running back, you know, for me, like I said, with, with uh, now, you know, I, I'm going to do everything that I can to be on the field and stay on the field. And it carried over to college, um, you know, coach uh, O and Austin Thomas, they asked me to, um, actually, because I came in as a safety, so they asked me to move over to receiver because of depth. 
So I moved up and it was something that I did. It was a short conversation. It was, uh, I want to say maybe a five, you know, five, 10 minute conversation. Cause coach O, you know, he was, I guess he, he didn't, you know, he wanted uh, to make sure I was okay with it. But after he asked me, I was like, sure. I, I, you know, anything to do to get on the field. And we had some uh, depth issues uh, later in the season at uh, safety uh, that year, my freshman year. And, you know, he came and asked me again and I did it again. Uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of guys, you know, I, I say a lot of guys are quick to say that they're a team first guy and they put the team first and, um, you know, they're willing to do whatever it takes. Uh, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm no, you know, I say that I've actually have proof in the pudding. I, I've done it. Um, you know, I, I say it and I've actually have proof that I am a team first guy. I, I'm willing to put myself, uh, you know, uh, put myself second. Uh, to the organization, and, and I think that's how every guy is, and that's how every championship program is. We'll end here with Rob. That's the perfect segue into the question I was going to ask because uh, you know when when we spoke to the Eagles brass about the decision to draft Avante and to draft Landon Dickerson, like and we haven't talked to them about you yet, but they talked about culture and how they set the tone for a culture, and you know Devonte would be the kind of guy play gunner if needed and even thinking about playing corner when Alabama was down guys um how important is culture to to what you bring how important is the off the field part of your character in terms of what you're going to bring to this franchise well uh culture culture is everything um if you don't have a if you don't have a belief system if you don't have core values we're just a bunch of guys out there just playing for ourselves and that's and that's never good um, I don't care how much talent you have on there. That's never good. So establishing a culture and establishing a core belief within the team is a, is a really big deal. Um, I, I, uh, for me, like I said, that, that's at the highest value. It's always about, um, you know, you know, being, of course, you know, being dropped to the Philadelphia Eagles is a big deal. You know, you get the jerseys, you got the, you got your name on the back, but what people have to realize is that you're representing, you're not only representing your family, but you're representing a, a, a multi million dollar organization you're you're, rep, you're, uh, you're representing uh, a city uh and sometimes in some in some cases a whole entire state uh so it, it uh guys have to realize that it's bigger than them so what you do off the field what what you do when the camera's not around um it, is important i mean uh i mean literally my uh high school secretary um uh, is here from to celebrate getting drafted with me just because um how is how I carry myself is how you treat people and, and you know in return people will treat you with respect if you you know if you give it so I'm I'm big on uh carrying myself uh in the highest manner because I'm not only doing that for me but I'm you know I'm doing it for the last name on my uh, on my back and I'm also doing it uh for the organization that I'm uh that chose you know that chose for me to represent them hi Pat Patrick congratulations hi. How does it feel, how does it feel to be drafted? You know, uh, you know, how does it feel to be drafted? Oh man, it it feels amazing, man. It's a it's a it's a weight off my shoulders. You know, now it's just time to finally get back to work and just focus on football and just winning a championship. Now, if I could ask you, how much conversation did you have with the Eagles in the pre-draft process? Yeah, it's actually it's actually a very small amount of. Um, talk that we've had but you know I did have a little bit of interaction with them and it went pretty well um but yeah I'm, I'm excited about being an eagle now and getting to meet the coaches even more go ahead Zach and then Bo Wells hey Patrick you've been an edge rusher 
uh, they're listing you as a linebacker. Are you expecting to be an off-ball linebacker here? What kind of role are, are you seeing for yourself? You know, for me, it's like wherever the coaches are really going to need and bring to the table, I can bring. I'm, I'm a very versatile player. Um, I've done a little bit of both. Um, you know, when I when I talk to coach and the GM and stuff, they said they want me to be a guy to come in there and be able to be a good edge rusher for them and, you know, sack a quarterback and some hurries and rushes and stuff. Go ahead, Bo, and then John McMullen. Hey, Patrick, just uh, set the scene for us. Who who have you been uh, spending time with this weekend? What's it been like, and, and what was it like when you got the call? Oh, man, so just, just to start off, you know, I've, I've been with family and friends. Uh, we've most definitely had, you know, a great weekend so far, uh, just being together. You know, it means the world to me that they all showed up, so it was an amazing weekend. Um, and then, yeah, uh, you know, I got the phone call, and it was unreal feeling, I mean, like <laughs> something I've been waiting for, you know, since I was a little kid. So finally get it. You know, it's it's awesome here. Go ahead, John, and then Ed. Uh, hey, Patrick. Um, curious if any of the assistant coaches have talked to you. So has it been Tracy Rock or the defensive line coach, Nick Rollis, the linebackers coach? Or um, are you looking at sort of a hybrid role or is it too early to, to decipher that? Um, I, I would say it's a little bit too early. Um, uh, I haven't really, I can't really recall which, which coach I had talked to since it was so early in the process when I did talk to them, but I knew that it was always a chance of going to Philly. So, um, but yeah, man, it's, it's been a very small role. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, Patrick, you had a lot of production. I think 21 sacks. Um, it's not easy to get to the quarterback. I mean, what, what, how do you do it so effectively and what do you need to work on to be even better as a pass rusher? You know, for me is, you know, just keep getting stronger. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm, I feel like I'm a technician. Um, I, I bring a lot to the table, especially as a rusher. Um, I have a lot of different counters, a lot of different, you know, speed uh, to, to power moves. Uh, I just like all, all around, I have a lot of moves up my sleeve. And I think, I think Philadelphia fans are really going to love watching me play because all the stuff I can bring to the table for the team. How familiar are you with the Eagles roster uh, as far as players on the team? How well do you know it? Um, I, I know I know a good little bit. I, I grew up uh, not an Eagles fan. Um, actually, <laughs> I actually grew up a Falcons fan, so it was a little different. But I do know of some players. Um, like Barrett and stuff like that. So um, I'm excited to finally get to meet some more of these guys and, you know, picking their brains and learning from them. Do you know who the quarterback is? Yes, sir. Jalen Hurts. All right. Just checking, yes, sir. Thanks. Right. Good. We good there. All right. We'll go to Zach next. Hey, Patrick. Um, If if this is something you're comfortable discussing, uh, I, I know you missed the bowl game because of the death of your father. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry yes, to hear that, obviously, but – what was the, uh, the relationship like there and in being drafted, was that something that you thought about um, at the moment you were drafted? Yeah, man, it was uh, my relationship with my father, man. We were very, very close. I mean, my dad played football over here at uh, UTC of Chattanooga. Um, so he was a, uh, he was office alignment, uh, left tackle. He was, he was a big guy, six, five, you know, three fifteen, three twenty when he played ball. Um, so me and his relationship, it was, it was a lot of football. But, you know, he, he taught me how to be a great man um, on and off the field. So, you know, with all this going on, it's, it's been pretty hard. Um, but at the same time, though, it's like I'm going to keep moving forward. I know that's what he would want me to do. But it most definitely, you know, it, I, it, it sucks to not have him here to celebrate this with me because he's been here all, you know, all my life. But, you know, we're, I'll be good, though, man. 
I'm going to bring a championship in. <laughs> yeah, Howie, I know you talked uh, yesterday about uh, Landon Dickerson and his injuries history, but I wanted to go back to it. I mean, last year you told us hope is not a strategy with respect to, to guys that have been frequently hurt. I mean, this is a guy with a significant injury history. How, how is he different from Sidney Jones in that you were willing to go with him in the second round, even though I realize this is a first-round talent? Yeah, Paul, I think that um, when we look at, at Sidney and um, the kind of position he plays, I think that factors into the evaluation uh, of him and Landon. And, again, we rely on, on our team of experts in that field, our medical experts, and we know that uh, in this game that anyone can get hurt. And, obviously, um, the history is that, that guys who've been hurt get hurt more often than guys who have a cleaner injury history. But – uh, we also don't want to be risk adverse, you know. We want to take chances, and and when we think about Landon and think about what kind of player we think he is, uh, and what kind of player we think he, he can be in the, in the National Football League, and then, you know, again, our, our medical group giving us comps of, of guys of of linemen with these injuries and how long their careers last, and um, you know what they're playing and how many games they're starting, and so we knew all of that, but we just felt like. Uh, this this player is unique, um, you know, to quote Coach Stoutland, you know, he's unusual. Um, he's an unusual player um, with unusual personality. And we think that um, the upside of what he can do, not only as a player, but as a person and the people he can bring along with that, with uh, some of our young linemen, can make a huge difference in, in our football team going forward. And um, although hope isn't a strategy, and I definitely say that, it, it's also – we also know the hit rates in the draft, and so we know that it's it's hard to hit in the draft. I mean, we know in the first round, 50% of the, of the players are not going to work out, and so when you have a guy with this kind of character and this kind of physical ability, he's a part, person you want to bet on, and especially as as we start this program, um, we thought he was special enough, and, and, and I know I'm using that word because he is a special player and a special person, and that it, it was worth the risk. We'll go to Tim and John McMullen. Howie, Zach Ertz is still on the roster. Uh, what's the thought process of holding on to him through free agency and through the draft? And in your opinion, uh, at what point does it become a disservice to the player to, uh, to, to hold on to him? Well, Zach, Zach's a really good player and a really good person. And, um, you know, he's under contract to the Eagles. And at the same time, we have a lot of respect for him and uh, what kind of player he is and what he's done for our team. But this isn't a guy like in the twilight of his career. This is a guy that's still in his prime and that a year ago at this time, everyone was talking about, you know, where he ranked uh, with the top tight ends in the league. And so, um, we feel really good about the kind of player he is, and um, you know we got to do what's best for our team as well. And um, again, you know, like um, we have a lot of respect for him, um, and you know, he'll continue to remain a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. And if something changes, you know, we'll update you guys. Go ahead, John, and then Zach Berman. Uh, hey guys, want to talk a little bit about the day three picks, uh, specifically, I guess, for Howie and Andy. Um, you, you look at Jacoby and Patrick, uh, bit of tweeners, you know, Jacoby played safety. Uh, you listed him as a linebacker. Patrick was kind of an edge rusher. Uh, and then for Nick is, is that kind of hybrid, uh, the, what Jonathan Gannon wants on, on defense? Uh, 
So I'll, t- I'll start uh, with the picks today in regard to that. We're, we're excited about these guys. We had six, six picks, and three of these guys were team captains. Uh, four of the six we were able to see at the Senior Bowl in person and spend time with them and talk to them down there. And I think with regard to what Howie was talking earlier, Zach McPherson, the board fell. And the way that fell to us was, was outstanding, you know, and it was exciting how that came to, came to be. And, uh, you know, we like him. We like his versatility, his ability to play outside, his ability to play inside, his ball skills, his football intelligence. He's a team captain. And uh, he's a guy that we got on, Sean Highland, who does that area, did an excellent job of uh, mining the information on Zek and uh, really bringing him to surface him with us. And, and as we went through the process, you know, he was a guy that, that we liked. And uh, we were just excited to add him to our football team. Kenneth Gainwell, running back from Memphis, explosive. He was an opt-out guy this year, but in 2019, he rushed for over 1,400 yards, over 600 yards receiving. His contact balance, his hands, he's a guy that we really liked and we're fired up about. Uh, Teron Jackson, another guy we got to see at the Senior Bowl and spend time with from Coastal Carolina. Team captain, a lot of negative plays. Um, we got to interview him down in Mobile, watch him practice for the week, and uh, really comfortable with the person. And then we got to bring him back here and hand him off to Howie and Coach and the staff, and they took it from there in terms of their, their spending their time with them. Jacoby Stevens, you know, LSU guy, he played safety, he played linebacker. We saw him down in Mobile, he played linebacker. Again, another guy that we were fortunate enough to spend time with in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, take advantage of that opportunity. Um, he's a guy that, that he's a very productive blitzer, he's a productive tackler, he's tough, he's physical, and uh, he's a guy we're, we're excited to add. And then finally, Patrick Johnson, a linebacker from Tulane. He's a two-time team captain. Um, he's made a lot of negative plays in his career there. He's strong at the point of attack. He's got some edge rush ability. We think he's going to be a good fit in a Coach Gannon scheme. And we were really excited to end the day with, with that pick. So. Yeah, Marlon, Marlon Tuipiloto, another guy that we – a defensive tackle from USC. He was at the Senior Bowl. Uh, had a really strong week. Really heavy-handed guy. Can play the run, uh, get off blocks. Got to spend time with him down there. He made a really favorable impression with us in, an, in a young defensive tackle that we're excited to add to our group. That's a lot of defense players, Coach. Yeah, yeah, that's good. How about, how about, how about a, a – Yeah, those, those hybrid guys, uh, Nick, is that what Jonathan's looking for? Yeah, I mean, we see he's got a good plan for where he thinks these guys fit. Again, we could get our hands on them and get them in here, but they definitely have versatility in what they can do. Um, we, again, we like the player, we like the, we like their character, uh, everything about them. So, again, the more they can do, the better, uh, and that's that's the way we look at them there with the defensive side. Go ahead, Zach, and then Mike K. Hey, good evening. This question's more focused toward Howie, but uh, if, if Andy or, or Nick want to jump in, that'd be great too. I, I wanted to go back to something that we did not discuss on Thursday night. This was a year with five quarterbacks in the top 15, and you originally had the six pick. Obviously, we're on the board at 10 with two quarterbacks there. Why didn't you go quarterback this year, and how much did the evaluation of Jalen Hurts factor into that? Well, I think in, in terms of our quarterback evaluations, you take each of those guys individually and you make the evaluation of what you think those guys can do. And then you evaluate the players on your team and uh, you make the best decision for your franchise. And uh, I think when we look back at the opportunity to move back um, and get an extra one in a year that's probably a little bit more certain, in a draft process, probably a little bit more certain, um, you know, there was a risk in doing that. We had to weigh the benefits of that and – who we thought would be there at the sixth pick. 
uh, and take those risks. And, you know, when, when teams are picking four and five, you, you're kind of going through it and you're going, am I going to be right here? You know, because you don't know and you're making those decisions. What day do we make the trade? I, I don't even know. Dave Spadaro, everybody. Great job, man. Great job. Uh, March 26th. So you're making a prediction on March 26th, uh, you know, what you're going to do and what you think is going to be there. And so um, we had to do that at that moment, and we had to be very comfortable with it. And then um, as we went through the process, we try to target guys that we felt like could make a huge difference in our football team as players and people. And um, we had a list of those guys, and we, we felt like although there were opportunities to maybe – um, stay at our spot or or move back. We just felt like as we started this program um, with the people that we started with, we wanted to get a difference maker. And so um, I think this was about the effect that we thought the players that we drafted had and um, not really um, a judgment on some of the other players that we didn't take. Thank you. Go ahead, Mike, and then Jeff McLean. Nick. Uh, when you look at the, at this draft class and the roster as it's set now, do you feel like you have some comparable talent to what you had in Indy and can use them in similar similar roles in your offense? Uh, specifically, when you look at somebody like Kenneth Gainwell, uh, maybe a Naheem Hines type player, uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's a good comparison. Um, yeah, we like we like a lot of the things that that Kenneth can do. Um, he, he does have a little bit of the, the things that you're saying right there, the ability to go outside and um, win one-on-one -on -one outside against linebackers, against uh, safeties, to come out of the backfield and be able to do that as well. But then again, not always having to do that with him. He's shown that he's been really good in protection aspects of it as well um, and that he can – that every time he's going in, it's not a pass play right to him. So he can protect, he can run the ball – um, so I think that's a, that's a good comparison. Um, not to say that we would use him exactly the same way because no two players are exactly alike. Um, but we do see the, the ability to, to create those mismatches with the linebackers and the safeties, whether inside or outside, with, with that player, uh, whether he's in the slot, whether he's in the backfield, whether he's outside. Um, so that's, that's, that's a really good comparison. And, of course, as, when you're watching guys that are on your roster um, – or you're watching guys with the draft, you're constantly doing that. You're constantly saying, how will I use this guy? And how have we used this guy in the past, right? And so when you watch a player um, on our roster or that we're getting ready to, to work with, that's, those are the things that are going through your mind, all right? Okay, how, who have we thrown this shallow cross to in the past? Do they have a similar skill set to the, the, the player that we're, we're thinking about drafting or – uh, that is currently on our roster. Those things are constantly going through our our heads, and and yeah, we I I really I'm really excited about working with these guys and about the roster that we have um, to do the things that we want to do on offense. We have a, we have a cool we have a cool story about Gamble, don't we? Remember we uh, I was circling back on him, and um, it, it was a Sunday night during the NCAA tournament, and. Um, and I was watching him, and it was a game I hadn't seen, and, and there were a couple plays that, that kind of hit me. And my phone was a little bit away, and Andy knows the story, and I told him the next morning, and, and I picked up my phone to text Nick, and I had a text from him. He was watching the same guy game I was, and it was his first exposure to him, and he was talking about this guy and how he would use him. So it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Equal excitement. Both of our <laughs> excitement was high. High excitement level with Kenneth. We'll go to Jeff and then Dave Zangaro. 
Uh, this question is for Andy. Andy, this is your second year uh, basically running the scouting department and the draft board. Do you feel like this process, uh, you know, obviously Howie has to consider a lot of different people and a lot of different voices, but do you feel like your voice was heard and that of your scouts more this year than previously, or was there some difference between this year versus last? Well, the main difference is that we're together this year and we're in the room together and, and you can't replace that dynamic. And we all have a voice and Howie does a great job listening to everybody. And I think that's, that's the key is in my role too, is just being a good listener, listen to scouts, listen to coaches and, and the conversations and communications that we have daily um, are outstanding and uh, it's key. You know, we had with this draft class here, the nine guys that we took, six of our nine picks are team captains. You know, six of the, six of the nine guys are at the senior bowl. And uh, just the constant communication from when we were in Mobile, you know, daily talking about the players down there, who was performing well, interviews, and just you got to stay on top of it. And uh, I, think, I think the one thing I've learned, and, and I learned this a long time ago, uh, being around Ozzie Newsom, is be a good listener. You know, be a good listener. Listen to your scouts and communicate. And uh, I think we, we did an outstanding job of that. I really felt through this whole process in these last three days. And I think Jeff, you know, you got a lot of constituents. You know, you're you're talking about we got we got a scouting staff, we got a coaching staff, um, you know, we got a medical staff uh, as well. That every, everyone's weighing in with all that information. So, you know, not every decision is just clear cut. You know, you're trying to balance all of those factors together to make good decisions. And um, you know, it's 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 not a process where. Um, everyone necessarily is going to be perfect in it because not everyone has this, all the same information. And, you know, Andy and I talk about that a lot, you know, like there are decisions that you make. Uh, I may love a player, but if it doesn't fit coach's vision, that's not going to work. It's not going to be a successful process, you know? And so we talk a lot about, about that and uh, about making the best decision for the team, not the best decision for just coach or just myself or Andy, but, also weighing the fact that, you know, maybe there's a medical issue that um, doesn't allow this guy to have a long career. Now, is that the best decision for the long-term interests of the organization? So, um, you know, I think those are all the things we weigh. I mean, it's, it's the same thing tonight. You know, we made a trade for a future pick. Um, and so when you do that, now, you know, you're missing on a couple of players in this draft and your scouts work all year to get those picks. And, you know, there's a little bit like, I, I want to pick tonight, you know, but you try to make decisions that are in the best interest of the football team and um, these jobs, you know, that we have these responsibilities for a reason and they're not to make everyone necessarily happy. They're to, what, to do what's right for the team. And that's what it's about. It's about doing what's right for the team, always. Yeah, I just like to say, I was really happy with uh, how everything came together. You know, we have a new coaching staff that came on board with a process and you're getting to know each other. And as you go through the process and you do things, you, you get to know people. and. Nick and his staff and, and how they came together with us and scouts. And, and we got to a point on a player, on each player, and we placed them on the board. And everybody had a voice. And I think that's key. You know, everybody has a voice, and we do it together. And it really was awesome how it came together the last three days and uh, how we were able to execute this draft. So um, couldn't be happier and excited once we get these guys in here and get going. We'll go to Dave and then Jimmy Kemsky. Hey, Nick, uh, earlier today, Jacoby Stevens gave us a pretty in-depth scouting report on Devontae Smith. Uh, one of the things he mentioned was that every route he runs, he makes look the same. Uh, I wanted to get your take on that and how important that is and how uh, special that might be from Devontae. Yeah, to, to know that, to be able to do that at the college level and, and already know have that ability to 
to, to the knowledge, the football IQ to do that, that that's pretty impressive because that is exactly what we're trying to do with receivers. Hey, you go inside and you're in the slot, make, this, make your deep crossing route look like your deep sail route, look like your stick route, look like your through route. I mean, it really is. It's exactly what we want to do because we want to put deception into the defensive back's mind, right? We, want, we don't want them to, to know what we're doing, right? And so then when you're running up into this route, give a little head fake this way, then break this way. Or give a little head fake this way and break this way. And the way that head fake works is when everything looks alike, right? So in, uh, ba-boom, right? And then breaking out. So that is great insight. Um, and you can definitely see that on Devontae's tape. And again, that's, that's, a, that's a sign that he was really well coached and that he's a great student of the game. Um, you know, I asked him a couple times of who he'd like to, who he'd like to study. And, and, and he, was, he said, I like to study Keenan Allen. I like to study Devontae Adams. Those are two pretty guy, good guys to study to, to, to perform your game after. And so, and that's great to hear uh, Jacoby say that same thing. And I, I saw that too, that Jacoby, they put, the LSU put Jacoby on Devontae a couple times because Jacoby said that was one of his hardest covers. Now we're not going to, I don't think we're going to do something like that to, to, to make Jacoby play against the number one receiver on the other team. So I'll say that I'm putting Gannon on the spot right now. That's not happening. Okay. But that was, that is great. Uh, just really good for receivers to be able to do and know how to do. Um, and that just that just shows you again the high football IQ of Devonte. Go ahead, Jimmy, and then Martin Frank. Hey, Howie. Uh, getting back to uh, Zach Ertz for a minute. If you were to move on from him, um, there would be some salary cap benefits if you waited until after June one. Is that a consideration when you weigh offers and and what's best for the team? Yeah, I think we're we're always going to try to do what's best for the Philadelphia Eagles. And we balance that also with our relationships with players that we care about. Um, but that's again, you know, like we started this conversation talking about our responsibility is to do what's best for the team. And, and that's what it's about. Um, so I, I think when you're talking about this specific situation, that's not really, you know, the consideration. Uh, we think Zach's a good player and a good person and um, he's under contract. And Martin and then Rob Motti. His questions for Howie. Um, you mentioned earlier about staying true to your board, perhaps is why you guys didn't draft a cornerback like on day one or day two. So when you, when you did draft draft Zach McPherson, um, how does he kind of fit into what the plan is at cornerback? And and you mentioned also other ways to skin the cat. I mean, what what else can you do like in the summer, I guess, or during the off season to address the position? Yeah, I'll start at the beginning and, you know, where we were picking and um, who the best player on the board was, in our opinion, uh, taking Devontae in the first round. So I don't know that there was a conversation uh, really about um, anyone else there for us. And then we went into the second round again. You know, we just felt like the, there was a potential difference maker on the board as a player and a person. And we felt like um, it was somebody that it was it was a person and player worth gambling on in Landon. and and when you get around Landon and you talk to him and and you really study his tape and, and you study his person, um, his person, you study who he is, um, you kind you kind of don't feel like it's as big a gamble, you know, because you just feel like this this is a person who understands uh, what it takes to overcome adversity and play at a high level and and have people rally around him and. And uh, being in this league for as long as I have, and it's been a long time, you, those are special things. Those are hard things to find. 
And uh, they're hard things to find, certainly in the second round. And so uh, that's why we took him. And then when we went into the third round, um, you know, uh, listen, we're always going to build this football team and we're going to start with the line of scrimmage. And right or wrong, as long as I'm here, that's going to be the priority. And uh, I think the great things about the two guys next to me is that's what they believe too. And you could say it all you want, but it better show in your actions. And so um, if we have an offense alignment or a defense alignment sticking out on our board um, and they're the highest guy, I promise you we're going to take them. And you saw that in the last couple of days. Like, um, I'm sure there are some people sick and tired of seeing the Philadelphia Eagles take linemen. But you know what? That's how we won a championship, and that's how we're going to win another championship. And so uh, for us, it, it wasn't – we weren't going to get in a situation where we were going to force a position. We promised ourselves that. And, um, you know, th- those weren't the conversations in the third round either. You know, in the third round, we feel like uh, we got a guy who's explosive and twitched up and has got great character, and he can play inside or out, and he can get after quarterbacks. And uh, that excites us, and that's why we picked Milton Williams. And uh, at the at, towards the end of the third round, we saw another player sticking on our board, and that was Zach McPherson. And we had some conversations. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys realize, if you go back to the tape last night, Andy and I got a little anxious here. We were sitting up here, and, and I kind of looked at Bob a couple times. He wasn't looking at me. I looked at Dave a little bit to get Bob's attention, and we thought about going back up because we had Zach McPherson there, right there, and we wanted to get him because of the kind of player he was, not because – he was a corner and we needed a corner. Um, then you asked a final question and you said, you know, uh, how do you go and address that? Well, I know in 2017 that we needed a corner too. And we got to August and we had a preseason game in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and we made a trade with the Buffalo Bills and we got a corner that helped us win a Super Bowl. So, you know, we've had experiences about getting guys late in the process. Um, in that same year, we needed a running back at the trade deadline. We made a trade at the trade deadline. So, um, I, I promise you, I promise our fans uh, that we will do whatever it takes at any time of the year to improve this roster. I'm we have not sure time even any of those here, questions so we'll you asked at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we have time for a few more, so we'll go Rob Motti, Ruben Frank, and Les Bowen. Howie, one more on Zach. I just wanted to follow up. <laughs> How do you balance doing right by a player who has meant so much to this organization versus doing purely what's best for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like how difficult is that process for you when it's a guy like Zach? And also have you talked to him? Is there a scenario where you would try to bring him back? Well, shoot, Rob, someone told me this a a while back. They said uh, the president of the United States wins the presidency sometimes with a little bit more than 50% of the votes. That's a lot of people who didn't vote for him. So certainly when you're in leadership positions, um, not everyone's going to, going to like the decisions you make. You know, we start this, this process before we start the regular season and we tell, you know, 37 guys that they're not going to be part of the journey with us, you know? So, uh, that's how we start this. So, um, these are not fun. They're not fun situations when you have people that you care about and who have done a lot for you. And, you know, we got a Super Bowl trophy in part from some of these guys. And, uh, there's no doubt about big part because of some of those guys. And so you just want to be fair, you know, you just, you just want to find, uh, outcomes that, that are, not necessarily are great for the team and not good for the player, but just fair, just stuff that, you know, everyone can kind of feel like, you know what, this works for everyone. And and not only in this situation with Zach, just generally, I think that's the most important thing. Just knowing that like, we're going to be fair, you know, we're going to, we're going to work through things together. We're going to communicate, we're going to discuss them and we're going to be upfront with everybody about what we're thinking. Go ahead, Rube. Hey, guys. Um, Howie, I guess I'll direct this to you. Uh, I think eight of your 10 
picks in the first two rounds over since 18, since 2018, have been on the offensive side. Do you feel like you can get the impact players you need on defense, um, you know, without without really addressing that in the first or second round? Obviously, there's a lot, the hit rate's a lot higher early on. Yeah, I think, Ruben, you know, when when we think about, like, where we were in those years, you know, we, we had drafted a young quarterback, and, and we had studied a lot how, like, a young quarterback with young players growing together and how that looks and how that works, and um, that was really the vision, you know, when we talk about a vision and a plan, it was, you know, we, we had drafted this, this young quarterback, put a lot of picks into this young quarterback. And so, you know, let's, let's surround this guy with, with players they can grow with and get chemistry with throughout it. And, um, you know, at some point kind of pivot a little bit, and maybe that means assign some guys in free agency or make some trades or, or draft some guys. And so I think that was really the, the plan there, um, and obviously, a lot has changed since 2017. So, um, you know, we'll, now we're we're at a point where we want to get as many uh, good players as we possibly can. Uh, again, a, a big focus today was on the defensive side, not because we woke up this morning and said let's just draft defense. It was because of, of how the board fell. Last question here with Les. There we go. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask, fellas, uh, one more time about the cornerback position. And I, I saw, I understood what you said about Zach. Did you? There were a lot of guys. I, the first two went before you had a chance to do anything. Then there were some that went in the twenties and at the top of the second round. Did you consider Zach comparable to those players? And did you, or did you think about maybe trying to get up into the bottom of the first round? How do you see that situation? Well, I mean, if if we had a, a grade on uh, a corner that was at the top of the first round um, and we were picking in the top of the third round, we probably would have taken that player less, just to be honest with you. I mean, we're, we, we don't see many uh, first-round grades on any position in the top of the third round. So um, certainly w- when we're picking a guy in the fourth round, we're, we're not expecting that guy to have a grade of a guy that we would look at you know, when we're picking at 37, you know, am I answer your question? I'm, I'm not trying to be cute. I just don't know if I'm yeah, answering I, your question. I've met the guys in the twenties and at the top of the second, are they necessarily a lot better than Zach or did you see Zach as, you know, kind of comparable to those guys? Yeah, I think it, it's, it depends on the player that you're talking about to compare. But I think that okay. when you look at the traits that he has and some, uh, some of the guys that went there, he's got the ability to play inside or out. And he talks about his, his ability to take away the ball and the ball skills that he has and the competitiveness he has and uh, certainly great football character. But, um, you know, he's, he's got a long road ahead of him as we, we hand him off to the coaches. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the phone? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. 
Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.